Our reading this morning is taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, starting at verse 21, and you can find that on page 1028 in the Church Bibles. Jesus presented in the temple. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated the Lord's and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, You now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Mike, and good morning, everyone. It's a risk. It's always a risk when you ask someone as old as me to preach on such an important day as New Year's Eve. You never know what might happen. Just to illustrate what you might be letting yourselves in for, when I was taking my granddaughter's wedding a few years back, 
bang in the middle of the ceremony, I found that I'd lost a key part of the script. Thankfully, we rescued it with help from the sound desk where they had a crib seat. And that was 10 years ago. And I don't think I can claim any improvements in my memory. What's more, I haven't given the sound desk a crib sheet. I see you're beginning to look worried. But thankfully, in our reading, we encounter two oldies who have one or two things to teach us. And I have to say that I find it encouraging that God chose to use oldies as part of his plan of salvation. Think of Abraham and Sarah. Think of Zechariah and Elizabeth. So at the beginning of the new year, I think it's right that we look at two oldies who were chosen to witness to God doing something new. Yes, there's something about the beginning of a new year that prompts us to think about new resolutions and new beginnings. But actually there's no fundamental reason why a new year should begin on the 1st of January. And in fact, the church's new year begins on the first day of Advent. I remember uh, causing some confusion to the 8 o'clock communion on the first day of Advent, wishing them Happy New Year. They really thought I'd lost it. And in fact, and for that matter, the academic year begins in September. And while we're at it, we might as well note that in England, the first day of the year used to be in March until it was changed to January in the 1750s, that was. And in any case, the Bible makes it clear that new beginnings with God can occur at any time. And scripture asserts that God's mercies are new Every morning, new every morning. So why major on newness today? Well, my answer is that this is as good a day as any. And come to think of it, it's rather better than many because it's Sunday. And there's an opportunity to see what the Bible says about new beginnings. So let's look at our passage in Luke 2. I wonder if you've noticed that featured in our Bible reading today, there is a wide age range. There is the small child, Jesus, his young mother, Mary, and her husband, Joseph, who was probably quite a bit older than Mary. And then two very Aged, aged characters, Simeon and Anna. Of Simeon, our reading implies that he's towards the end of his life because he prays, Lord, now dismiss your servant in peace. And we read that Anna was 84. Actually, some of the interpreters of the Greek suggests that she may have been much older than that. 
For instance, the message translation of verses 36 and 37 goes like this. She'd been married for seven years and a widow for 84 years. Assuming she was at least 12 when she was married, that would make her 12 plus 7 plus 84, 103. Goodness me. As someone of, as I've already mentioned, as someone of a mature age myself, I find it encouraging that these two old people feature so strongly in Luke's account of such an important episode in the life of Jesus. The time when he was taken to the temple by his parents for his ritual dedication. And it was evident that all these people were witnessing God doing something new that was impacting on their lives. For instance, when Simeon held the child Jesus in his arms, his eyes were open to who Jesus was. Well, as an aged great-granddad, a few, uh, quite a number of years back now, I had the great joy of holding my new great-granddaughter, and a little bit later, new great-grandson. And it was a lovely experience. But only a fraction, I guess, of what Simeon experienced when fired and enlightened by the Holy Spirit, he realized that the tiny boy nestling in his arms was to be a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, as the reading says. In other words, the light of the world. And he uttered words of worship that have been used in Christian liturgy, uh, known as the Nunc Dimittis, for the last 2,000 years. Now let your servant depart in peace. And then there was Anna. When she saw him, she too realized that something new was happening. We'll come back to her in a moment. And as for Mary and Joseph, we read that the child's father and mother marveled, marveled at what was said about him. But coming back to Simeon for a moment, he had just one thing he wanted to do before he died. You could say that he just one item on his bucket list. As you know, the term bucket list is the list of things that you want to do or to happen to you before you die. Bucket referred, presumably bucket referring to kicking the bucket. On the internet, you can find some of the random items that figure in bucket lists. Uh, learn how to crack an egg with one hand. Or catch a last-minute flight to a random destination. Eat Belgian waffles in Belgium. Name a star. Watch turtles hatch and run down to the ocean. That's the turtles running down to the ocean, I think. <laughs> visit, visit the White House. Who wants to do that? Visit the White House. Ride on an ostrich and tell someone you love them. Ah. And in the bookshops, you can find books like A Hundred Places to Visit Before You Die. Well, I don't know how many things you've got on your bucket list. 
But it seems that Simeon had just one item on his. We read that it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now that he'd seen him, he was content to die and he prays, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. What a wonderful thing to happen at the end of your life. A chance to hold the saviour of the world in your arms. It looks as though the Apostle Paul also had one thing on his bucket list. He says in chapter 3 of Philippians, this one thing I do, this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, of course, you don't have to be old as, as old as Simeon or Anna or myself, come to that, to have a bucket list. So whether it relates to a bucket list or a New Year's resolution, I wonder if we can learn from Simeon in his delight in encountering Jesus. Could our New Year's resolution be to get to know Jesus better? That might mean taking certain practical steps. For instance, spending more time in prayer. And incidentally, did you notice that it's said of Anna that she worshipped day and night, praying and fasting. And of Simeon, uh, the message translation says that he lived in prayerful expectancy. Prayerful expectancy. Or it might mean that meeting with others regularly to encounter Jesus and, and to delight in him through praise and worship is at the top of our priorities. We can resolve to meet every Sunday, expecting that we will encounter Jesus as we worship together. Or we can learn from Anna, whose thankfulness to God spilled over into telling others about Jesus. We read that she spoke about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Well, apparently the Greek is in the continuous tense. She kept on speaking would you believe? That's what oldies do. <laughs> and as I guess that most of the Jews that she knew were looking forward to the freeing of Jerusalem from the yoke of Rome, we can reasonably assume that she kept speaking about Jesus to everyone she met. Now, emulating Anna would be quite a challenge for us. It's certainly a challenge for me but I wonder if we can resolve this year to at least make a start on telling, on telling someone about Jesus. If we've never done that before. Or to make a fresh start if we've not done it for a long time. 
or to try again if we've been disappointed in the response we've received. And all that won't be easy. We'll meet with apathy, we might meet with opposition. Simeon himself prophesied that Jesus would be a sign that would be spoken against. But did you notice that our passage mentions that the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon? And he was moved by the Spirit. And so we too can ask the Spirit to both lead and strengthen us as we seek to tell others. So whether we are, so whether we are old, like Simeon and Anna, or younger, like Mary and Joseph, or somewhere in between, let's enter 2024 with prayerful expectancy of what God will do in us and through us. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the wonderful example of Simeon and Anna, the deep priority that (coughs) Simeon had in having you, knowing you, meeting you at the top of his bucket list, and for the prayerfulness of Anna and the determination to tell everyone about what she'd seen. Father, give us, by your Spirit, that sense of your leading in this new year, that sense of putting you at the top of our priorities, our bucket list. In Jesus' name, amen.